Off the ball. GAA. Every team obviously thinks when they start training for whatever competition it is, whether it's a junior championship or an intermediate county championship, that they want to win it and go on to win it. You know, and but that's just the way it is. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Off the ball breakfast. Ireland's sports breakfast show. Right, it's uh, 25 minutes past nine. We have Jilly Flaherty with us. We also have Cathy uh, McNamee. You're both very welcome. Cathy, new episode coming out today. Emma Byrne on the show. Yep, An Emma exclusive. Byrne on the Koi Gig pod tonight. So this is the first time that she's spoken, I think. I don't think she did any media when she was actually in camp. So this is the first time she's going to properly be speaking about her experiences. So it'll be very interesting to hear what she thinks. She was also at the Emirates yesterday for the Liverpool game. So we'll get all of her thoughts on that as well. And I, I can imagine she probably has a few feelings on it all. <laughs> and uh, are you going to ask her if she's going to be part of the full-time coaching ticket? Or, or spoiler alert? Yep, that is the plan to get all the gossip out of her from what she sees and that's going to happen in her future. Very good. Okay. Uh, Jilly, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourselves? Yeah, pretty good. Um, a, a, a proper bang smack opening weekend with plenty of drama and goals. Did it uh, fulfil all of the requirements? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it seemed like it was the longest wait ever um, for the WSL to start. Um, I think obviously after the World Cup, Obviously, players had a break, um, not much, but then they went into, obviously, the Nations League um, fixtures as well. So, it was sort of, yeah, it just seems ages since we played um, we played in the World Cup. So, yeah, it was nice to see the league kicking off. Um, a couple of the results didn't go the way that I thought they was going to go. Um, but, yeah, it had excitement. It had red cards. It had late goals. It had unexpected results too. Record-breaking crads. Um, but, yeah, it's really good to be back. You were doing Chelsea Spurs, is that right? Yeah, so yeah, I was covering um, their game last night. I did manage to watch the Villa Man United game as well. Caught a little bit of the Arsenal Liverpool game too. Um, but yeah, Chelsea Spurs was the one that I was covering. Lauren James was obviously one of those characters that uh, flashed across the consciousness of anybody who's interested in any sport really over the last six months with her performances uh, in the World Cup in particular. It's going to be a massive season for her and it's a huge opportunity for the club to capitalise on her popularity. She showed up yesterday and delivered again. Yeah, and massively. I mean, I think obviously well, the World Cup, you you for people who didn't know who Lauren James was beforehand, um, they soon found out... Um, the beauty of her game, the player she is. Obviously, she did have the, the sending off there. Um, so even more eyes are going to be on her this year now after that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, she had a bit of a quiet first half, um, but she still created so much for Chelsea. And she probably could have had two goals before she actually did get her goal, um, which there was controversy there because the ball from every angle that we looked at on the cameras, um, it appeared to cross the line. It, nothing was given. Um, and But the Chelsea stayed alive to it. And then Lauren James did eventually put the ball into the back of the net. Um, but yeah, she created so much. I really like the link-up play between her and Mia Fischel, who started and made her debut yesterday for Chelsea as well and got the first goal. Um, but yeah, I think you're going to see Lauren James now more in a central position, which I think suits her a lot more better than it does in the on the wide areas. 
Um, but yeah, she had a great game yesterday and was played a game. Jilly Emma Hayes was kind of interesting about Mia Fischel and Lauren James after the game because, you know, she was asked, obviously, Mia Fischel made her debut, scored, lifelong Chelsea fan, so it was like a big deal for her for that to happen. Um, but she was asked about the two players, obviously both quite young as well, and she said that, you know, she would be speaking to both of them after the game because there were things that she saw that she didn't particularly like and that, and again, it was just that kind of classic Emma Hayes line of, yes, okay, they did a good thing, but also we need to talk about the other bits of their game that weren't great. What were the bits that you think she was talking about? Um, I think maybe off the ball, you know, there was a bit, I mean, I think me official, I think she was tired, um, especially by the end of the game. It was a, it's a completely different standard from um, the Mexican league that she was playing in for the WSL, the speed, the tempo. Um, but I think it was more potentially the defensive side of things. I did think that, Chelsea, they got away with a lot yesterday in because of the quality that Tottenham didn't have. Um, but if you let the players like Arsenal, for example, or Man City, Man United, those sorts of teams, if you allow them to have the time and the space that Chelsea did, um, they will get punished. You know, and obviously they did concede a sloppy goal that didn't need to happen. But I think, yeah, I think for me, Emma would wouldn't be happy with some of the defensive. Um, efforts and side of things from those two but Emma's really good like that because I think listen everyone could be blowing absolute smoke for the pair of them yesterday for Lauren James and for me official but she likes to keep players in line and she likes to make sure that their feet stay on the ground and I think even before the game yesterday she said on Sky if Sam obviously Sam Kerr weren't available because she weren't fit but she would have been starting ahead of me official um so she isn't afraid to say things like that and I think she just wants it to be a good, long, successful season. It's only one game um, and there's still a long, long way to go. After the game as well, there was obviously a lot of controversy about the goal and you mentioned it, the one that wasn't allowed and especially in the weekend that we did have in terms of the Liverpool decision in the Premier League and there's so much back and forth about VAR at the moment. For Emma Hayes kind of said, you know, she feels like it's ridiculous and ludicrous that they were in a stadium that has access to VAR and it wasn't used. But she also said there needs to be consistency across the league because next week they'll be playing in a stadium where they don't have access to it. Is it the sort of thing where if it's brought in, it has to be consistent across every single stadium? Or are we missing a trick when these games are being played in some stadiums that can actually access those systems not using them? I think it's really difficult. I think because there's pros and cons for both. Um, I think if you're going to roll it out, for me personally, I think every stadium needs to have it because it's really hard for, say, say for a team like West Ham who play at Dagenham who might not have it, but then every other week they're playing at a main stadium and they do have it. it there's a lot to consider, you know, and it and it does the, the game does get changed when you use VAR because of the delays, the stoppages, and even more so for players, like, obviously, I'm going to talk from a player's point of view here. There's certain things that you could probably get away with when VAR's not there. Um, I said, no, if I was to play and there was VAR, I probably would be getting sent off every week um, because I'd get caught out doing stuff. So I think it is that, but I think it needs to be the consistency. It shouldn't just be the, the top teams with more money should be able to access VAR. Um, I think it should be every club should be able to have it. But even yesterday, apparently they turned off the goal line technology when you're you could, that would have solved that issue because that that would have been a goal. And if Chelsea never scored the runner the follow up from Lauren James, then it could have ended a draw yesterday. Um, so little things like that. But there does have to be consistency. But you're looking at the um, Aston Villa Man United game with 
Maya Letizia, in my opinion, should have been sent off with her off-the-ball challenge on Ebony Salmon that would have been reviewed from VAR, a bit similar to the Lauren James incident in the World Cup, was that it, if if they never had VAR in the World Cup, that would have probably gone past and it wouldn't have been brought back to it. Um, so I do think for those um, situations, yeah, I do think it should be consistent across the whole board. It seems that, you know, after there's a big VAR scandal in the Premier League a lot of people are like well this would just be better if we didn't have VAR what we have are these two top class leagues that are not competing with one another but they have like these these varying degrees of relationships with with VAR obviously in the WSL no VAR Premier League with VAR which is which is better as a result of their relationship with with VAR Jilly yeah, and I think you look at it now, especially in the women's game, obviously the men's game is, it's probably always been seen as a business. But with the women's game now and the money that's coming into the women's game, it is a business. And, you know, for example, say that, that goal on the goal line technology or whatever, the goal was, wasn't was stood yesterday um, and they didn't finish it up and it finished 1-1. And then it comes to the end of the season and Chelsea missed out on winning the league by two points or whatever and, I know obviously it's a long season and there's a lot of results, but it can change it can change games, it can change the results. And now there is a lot more money being thrown into the women's game, you know, obviously in regards to Champions League, you know, cup competitions, tournaments, etc. It it's it's meant to be there to help the referees not be a hindrance. And I think obviously in the men's game there is a lot of controversy with it. Um, and people will then moan sometimes when it doesn't happen and they don't get the right answers, but then they moan if they don't have it, you know. So it's, a, it's one of them ones, can VAR ever win? I'm not too sure, but I just think it needs to be there to help the referees and the, the Lions, official, Lions officials out. The thing about it in the women's game as well is that like, if you did bring it in, you have an opportunity to not make all the mistakes that we're seeing in the men's game at the moment. And especially in the Premier League, like it's used quite effectively across other leagues. You know, we've seen it. It can work well. It is a thing where you bring it in in the women's and you actually test and trial some of the stuff that is being talked about constantly in the men's where they don't want to bring in, you know, the semi-automation, whatever it might be. I think like a lot of time people forget that you don't have to just like directly replicate everything that's being done on the other side. You can use that as an opportunity to innovate and do something different. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that they they used the VAR in the Chelsea pre-season game against Roma. Um, And I mean, it was a success. And I think you're right. If you're doing it in the women's game, there's probably a lot less pressures in the women's game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think if it's there to help the referee, obviously the controversy on the weekend of this the Liverpool-Tottenham game, um, they're saying, obviously, the, the lines weren't used and it was onside, etc. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think for me, the way the women's game's going and the money that's coming in um, and the importance of the results and the pressures, I do think that VAR should be introduced. Speaking of officiating, are we allowed to say in our completely unbiased point of view that Katie McCabe is uh, falling victim to a grand conspiracy against her? A disgracefully yellow card handed out over the course <laughs> of the weekend, Jilly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could say. I think as well, obviously, um, Howard Sissoko, who plays for West Ham, come out about it as well um, because she thinks she gets targeted by referees. I do think, though, um, just watching... Obviously, I didn't get to catch much of the Arsenal-Liverpool game, but uh, just watching the Villa-Man United game, um, I mean, there was yellow cards being chucked out early doors 
Um, and I think the tolerance this year from referees, they're just not having it. They're not having players um, math back. At, um, I mean, I saw a yellow yesterday, which for Drew Spence, which the initial tackle wasn't a yellow in my opinion, but she went back at the referee afterwards and that's what was the yellow card for. And I think referees are just not standing for it this year. Um, but yeah, I do think there will be certain players that will be not targeted, but I think we'll have a reputation already of being tough tacklers and maybe the potential ones that they've highlighted that could surround the referee after a decision or are not afraid to give their opinion. But I do think players should be able to talk to referees after a decision, but I just think it's the tone. And obviously it's hard when you're playing a game. You know, you are emotional and if something's gone against you, you can be all rolled up. I was the worst for it, but... I just think you have to play the games with the referees because ultimately, at the end of the day, they hold the cards and they can make the decisions. Juliana, you said you didn't see much of the game yesterday, but just in terms of how things are going at Arsenal, how worried should Arsenal fans be? I mean, losing Champions League in the way that they did, opening game against Liverpool in front of like over 53,000 fans. It seemed like all the vibes around the club have been quite good. You know, they signed Alessio Russo. They got several contract extensions for big players, Katie McCabe included it felt like everything was pointing in the right direction for them at the start of the season, but it just hasn't really clicked. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, obviously I covered the champions league games for Arsenal TV and I think with Arsenal, they, I mean, they've got quality in abundance, you know, especially attacking wise. Um, obviously it's exciting to see Russo go there. Um, Lacasse really impressed me in the, in the champions league games too. Um, I just worry with Arsenal defensively. I think, obviously, with Leah being out, she's a leader for them. She organises. She's a big player. And, obviously, then losing Raffaele as well. Um, they've basically got their two main centre-backs out. And I, I did see the Liverpool goal, and the defending for it, in my eyes, is poor. Um, I think a target for Arsenal this in the off-season should have been to go and sign a goalkeeper. Um, because I don't think if Arsenal want to go all the way, in my opinion, I don't think Zinsberg is good enough to do that. Um, but just defensively, they look very weak. They look vulnerable. Um, and I think there is pressure, you know, because we took, we spoke about it after they got knocked out of the Champions League and it was sort of like, this is this could be a positive for Arsenal because now they can have their full focus on just the league and the, and the two cups. You know, they don't have the distraction. They've got a good squad. They've got a big enough squad now because of the recruitment. Obviously, you've got Beth Mead coming back. You've got Miedemar coming back. They're going to be like two new signings. And obviously, then they go and lose the opening game um, of the WSL in front of a record-breaking crowd against a team that they should be beating. Um, so, yeah, I do think the pressure is on Arsenal. But you're looking at last season, Chelsea lost the opening game against Liverpool um, and went on to win the WSL. So, there's uh, going to be a lot of movement, I think, in the WSL this year. And no Europe to distract them as the season goes on. They'll turn it into a positive, right? Mm. Well, they've already said that. They've said that, like, you know, can let them focus on their domestic yeah, stuff. They can exactly win the league. But that's exactly the problem because they went and lost yesterday. But maybe, again, they might have put too much money in the, or too many of their eggs in the Mary Europe's basket, which obviously didn't turn out right for them. Jilly, we'll leave it there for this week. Thanks a million. Lovely. Thank you. That's uh, Jilly Flaherty there, uh, giving us her thoughts on the opening weekend. Um, from an Irish perspective, it was okay. It was certainly more amber than green. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was all right, generally. Uh, I think there's 
quite a few. There's like the same number of players in the league this year as there was last year. So it'll be good to see, especially some of the younger players uh, getting a bit more game time. I mean, Jessu still has to come back in. I don't know if anyone was watching the Women's League here over the weekend. Ellen Malloy came back and scored a goal and played her first 90 minutes since doing her ACL, which is really good news for Ireland. Um because she's definitely one of those young players that we really want to nurture. You have Jesse Stapleton over there now too. So, yeah, definitely going to be the year, I think, of the young Irish player in the WSL. Courtney Brosnan's only on the bench for Everton. It's pretty normal. She only really gets cup games now, which is unfortunate. I don't understand really why she's... There's always a hope at the start of a new season that somebody's... Yeah, but like she signed that new deal just before the World Cup and then like Everton's signed more goalkeepers and you're just like, did she know those goalkeepers were coming in when she signed her deal? Because it just, it it hasn't made sense for a while for me that she's been there, especially the last season. Um, Because I think she would easily be a starting goalkeeper in a lot of other teams. And I think what she's done at international level has proven that. But Everton have a young English goalkeeper who's kind of seen as a hope for the future. So... She's not going to usurp her. Heather Payne came off the bench? Yeah, she came off the bench. First appearance for Everton. She was quite good. Um, nothing remarkable, but, you know, solid game. Kira Caruso got a goal for San Diego as well in the NWSL, which puts them into the playoffs for the first time ever. Um, so it's great. She's in stellar form at the moment, which is exactly what we need. All right, good stuff. Off the ball, breakfast. Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show.